Hey guys, and welcome to the latest episode of The Startup Diary. I am Harrison Merge, and I'm with my co-host, Adam Keller. Hey guys, thanks for joining us. And if you're new to the show, this is where we share the highs, the lows, and all the learnings of what it's like to build a business. Am I sounding extremely croaky, Harry? Uh, you're sounding husky. I like it. You like it? Is I it like good? To, it. It's like uh, the it's, Friends. Uh... Was it Smelly Cat? <laughs> that, yeah, that episode. Smelly Cat. <laughs> Mind you, my voice doesn't sound any different. I'm pretty. I think I'm nasally as well. You are a little bit. I appreciate that. Appreciate your honesty, Adam. Today is a, a listener question, and by listener question, I mean a Harry question, because okay. because I'm always listening. I'm a great employee. I'm uh, I'm on time. I'm diligent. Um, I'm present. I bring the energy. I bring the atmosphere. Um, you definitely of all of that. You definitely bring the energy. And I pay attention <laughs> in all of our meetings. Uh, and one of the things that's really jumped out to me right now, yep. uh, is the well. I say I say this as we are sat in a studio with a big banner of Tool Talk TV on the wall. Yep. Um, we've actually, I guess, it's happened. Um, I was going to say in the process, but it's kind of already happened, right? Mm-hmm. I don't, really know. I, don't split, I don't know where you're going with this. We're splitting out the business, as it were, internally. People's so, ears have just perked up, by yeah, the way. Yeah, <laughs> we're selling up shop, um, and we're moving to Miami. <laughs> I feel like I've been talking so long, I forgot what I'm talking about. Uh, no, let me, let me just cut down to brass tags. <laughs> <laughs> I think myself and every listener, all three listeners right now, would just like you to uh, just get on to the question. Hooks, though, mate. They are engaged, and for the loyal three that are still listening, I want to talk to you about uh, just how you're breaking the business out into its own P&L. And wow. For anyone that doesn't okay. know what a PL is, please tell me. I mean them. Tell them. <laughs> um, oh, okay. Um, I'm not entirely sure how long or short this will be then. So I'm sure it'll be meaty. It'll be high energy. So um, I guess uh, I guess the, probably the best place to start is PL. Um, it just stands for profit and loss. Uh, so as the company, I guess, grew up, uh, we went from. Uh, basically a, a P&L statement which was me and our chairman our current chairman we'd meet at Weatherspoons and the only thing you care about is uh, like how much money have you made or lost this month uh, and then as we raised some seed capital and some venture capital we ended up having uh, management accounts um, so what one of those documents is basically the, the profit and loss statement for the company um, so that's basically just uh, an uh, o- and is that just like money in money out right not Sorry, not money in, money out, but uh, uh, money made and money spent. <laughs> Is that the same term? <laughs> it sounded smarter in my head. I don't want to get too trapped into the the accountancy side of this, uh, but your, your P&L, uh, so for us, and someone's listening to this saying, you shouldn't be doing it that way, but this is how we do it. This is how we do it for a few years. Um, Email. If I, if I sell you a service this month uh, and it's 10 grand, mm-hmm. and I invite you, send me a, purchase order number a po number uh and i and i send you the invoice for it uh that sits as revenue in this month uh so the difference between a PL is like invoiced money sits as like your revenue uh and you need your revenue and your costs to get to your profit and your loss uh the difference between that and like a cash flow is cash flow is physically money in money out so if i invoice you this month some brands might not pay us for 30 60 or 90 days mm-hmm. But if I invoice you in January ten grand on my on my P and L, like that will show is ten grand revenue in January. Whereas on my cash flow, if you're on ninety okay. day terms, that will show is ten grand in 
in March, as an example. Yeah. So what we're looking at right now is, um, as we sort of entered 2020, I wanted to start making some better decisions for for the for the business because the business that we run there's technically five different services or products that we run and what i found is i was trying to make sweeping decisions across expert trades as a business um without zooming into the details of actually uh which parts of the business are performing which parts of the business and choose that old generic business term like the cash cows in the business which parts of the business are generating the cash which are supporting the the loss leaders or the long-term bets that we're making as a business. Uh, so I guess just to set some context, there's there's like five things we do. We also position it as there's three products or services we do within the company. So we've got Verified, which is our trade directory. Mm-hmm. We have our office package, which is quotes, invoices, card payments, basically admin for tradespeople. Uh, and we have a website package, so tradespeople get found online. So there are our core services. But then outside of that, we have uh, three, uh, sorry, two uh, additional things. We have Expert Trades Academy, uh, and we have something called Tool Talk. Uh, so listen to this. You don't need to understand all of those, but I guess the key thing uh, that's forced me to run this PL is there's a god-awful amount of time and money spent on parts of the business that, that we might not be monetizing or we might be losing more money than we expect. So just to give you an example. Which you're not seeing because you're looking at the company as a whole. Yeah. As because, opposed to a department. Yeah, because right now, and don't get me wrong, like on my management accounts, it splits out like revenue streams, like office package, website package. Um, but, and then we've got stuff like other and like other will fall under like when we sell insurance to our community because we get paid a commission on those insurances. Yeah. But all of those individual line items aren't split out because your management accounts would be like extremely long then. So we kind of bundle them all into like, like things. The problem with those things is they don't give someone absolute visibility on great this is how much the website package revenue is i know that number i sweat that number every single month but when i look at my costs i'm like i don't actually know how much the cost base for that is mm. because i have a cost base as a whole unit as a company so i can't you chuck all the salaries all the offices all the expenses all so, of that into so you wouldn't actually know uh, with that approach that you've got ten thousand websites and you've got 50 employees in the website team you wouldn't you wouldn't know that it could actually be costing you more than it's making exactly yeah yeah so uh what i all i all i know is like gut feelings are a small company mm-hmm. i know roughly in my head but i'm like well, that's not allowing me to make quick decisions so what i ended up doing was saying actually um management accounts aren't going to change drastically because they are what they are uh but internally now the stuff that populates my management accounts are now five different tabs, basically. So I run a, a P&L for the website package, the office package, verified, Expert Trades Academy, and Tool Talk. Because what that allows me to do is then uh, elevate people in the company to become product managers of each one of those products that we do. So what I want in the company is someone that lives and dies by the success of that product that literally comes into the office in the morning and says, I'm responsible for making this product a success. And what success looks like is growth in these areas and a set level of profitability for that product or service. Because at the moment I'm running the business where it's uh, the company needs to remain profitable and achieve this level of profit. So what happens is we just go and do stuff. And I'll be really honest. Like I sometimes don't understand how we make it in the month. Like I'm like, 
how have we made how have we made it like we've gone from like on the 27th of the 26th of the month going from like break even but we've got all these contracts and like it just seems like there's no structure mm. in terms of where we're deploying resources to then find the commercial opportunities within the business so once we split it all out we go actually yeah the office package cost the office package is a cost to this business because it's a long term bet so then i go actually what do i need to do to get that office package to at least break even. So like, what's the size of the commercial deals that I need to do? I haven't been able to look at that number before. I don't know whether it's 2K a month, 7K a month or 20K a month because it's all blended together with the rest of the company. What it also means is the stuff in the business that's going really well and sort of kicking off really good profit margins. I can then sit with that product manager and go, you're doing an amazing job here. Uh, What you're like, Matthew Ford and the website team, you're building something really successful here. The customers are getting great value. We look at the the results that it's driving. This is a great product that we offer. Um, We now need to, how do we scale this up? Because this profit actually supports other parts of the business that potentially aren't making money right now. Expert Trades Academy, there's just a load of free courses on there. Mm -hmm. Tool Talk TV, we never would have thought about making money off it, but we go, actually, Harry, I need it to at least wipe its own face. I need it to at least break even as a cost base. Otherwise, we can't keep putting your time on it for five mm-hmm. days a month, for example. Um, so that I guess that's why we've done it. And I say uh, that the process that we're going through is um, I've had to sort of look at all the products that we do, split them out, uh, and then spend time with each individual to work out how much time they spend on different parts of the business mm-hmm. because if you look at someone like yourself you do in my head you do specifically three things i know you've got the app support thing when it gets escalated to you and you're still dipping in and out of that i'm just going to say that's five percent of your time you kind of spend a week on tool talk tv yeah uh, a week on academy because you produce one course a month mm-hmm. and then two weeks a month on brand work so then all of a sudden i can look at it and go okay what is harry's cost of the business uh Let's look at Tool Talk TV. Who else looks after it? No one, just you. So I can say, actually, I can take 25% of Harry's cost of the business and put that into the P&L for Tool Talk TV. So then all of a sudden I'm looking at that, I go, okay, there's a cost there for Tool Talk TV. My job, because I'm the only person that looks after the commercials and sell stuff, is what do I have to sell against Tool Talk TV to make it net positive to, so we can keep doing it? Mm-hmm. That's how this whole thing works. So spend time with the team and go, actually, what are you spending time on? Which part of the business is it? And it also helps me really define people's roles and work out, actually, you shouldn't be working on this. I need you on this part of the business, which is scalable. Um, So it's sort of like this whole HR, cost engineering, just structuring the internals of the business. Wanted to have it in place by the end of March. Um, Yeah, March. I think our financial year starts uh, April 1st or May 1st. Yeah, sorry. uh, Yeah, April 1st. so when we go into the new year, um, our new financial year, I can, instead of having a budget of we need to achieve X thousand revenue per month and X profitability, my budget is actually going to be set out per product. So I can say for the office package, I want to achieve this. For the website package, I want to achieve this. Tool Talk and Academy, I want to achieve these levels of profitability or revenues. And it allows me to then speak to the product managers in a more strategic way yep. that allows us to scale. Otherwise, it's we do all this stuff. I'll fucking work out how to make some money off it, which is just, we're past that now. We're growing up. We have, we have to have a more strategic approach to it. I get, yeah, I guess on that note, like what's the scale that you would recommend someone? Like, should you, should you potentially consider this from day dot mm-hmm. and think, well, if I'm going to do two different aspects of my business, should I give them both a P&L now or 
do you run it for so long as an inter- a single entity and then figure out after the fact actually no maybe we should break this out uh, I, I'd recommend everyone doing it from literally day zero mm-hmm. uh, and I wish I had because <clears throat> why why didn't you just lack of foresight sort of thing or um, didn't, didn't think it mattered I think what what happens is the lack of foresight 100% because what we did is we went uh, as we were sort of like trying to find our feet in this thing called expert trades this business that we're in and we saw an opportunity what we did is we went that's an opportunity let's go do it and we were so busy on building opportunity and trying to just like keep the lights on and and mm-hmm. like make some money off that opportunity that you don't take the time to reflect and think more strategically I think uh, especially when you start a business you think a day a week a month at a time um, so you're always thinking about what can I do now to bring in the deal. There's very little time spent when you start a business uh, reflecting on what you've done. And I'd probably say that's the biggest thing that I would do, one of the biggest things I'd do differently. And I actually had a chat with a couple of the guys in the room um, when we did Talk Talk TV, uh, where we just had some time to talk about business. And one of them was talking about coaching. And obviously coaching is something I want to get into longer term. And um, we're talking about where his revenue comes from. And I was like, do you have it split out? Obviously, I'm going through this exercise. It was like, do you have it split out in terms of what you do? And it was like, no. I said, well, what's, do you know what's more profitable for you? Is it like doing 10 boiler services a day or a combi swap? And this is for a heating engineer for someone listening. He's like, I don't know. I said, that'd be really helpful to know. And I'm like, I agree. Because I'm just going through that exercise right now. <laughs> like, um, imagine all of a sudden, if you're, listen, if you're listening to this right now and you do two, three, four, five, six products and you P&L it out and you realize that one of them that you think is profitable uh, is what or losing your money or nowhere near as profitable as you think, then you've got to make the decision. Do you keep doing the product? Uh, because you could just be spinning your wheels and everything that you do takes time, attention, bandwidth, energy, mm-hmm. sort of like, actually, we just need to be spending our time on the stuff that is profitable and we're really good at. You do have to balance it with stuff like long-term bets like our office package, but we're, we're budgeting for that. Um, but like just speaking with a gas engineer, is like, yeah, it'd be really helpful to know that. So mm-hmm. I'd, I'd say if you're in a business right now and you do more than one thing, and even if you say, well, I, I don't do more than one thing. I'm just a consultant. I'd then say, cool, so what, what's his type of clients? And then split it out that way. Uh, there's a way to dice your business up to work out who your most profitable customers are. Um, and I, I think just spending one to two days a month, at least one day a month retrospectively looking at where is my money coming from? What does my cost base look like? Where can I save money? All that stuff sounds basic to me when I say it out loud, but I just did not put the time and energy into it. I just thought I'll just move forward because I'm. I like running through walls. I like to. I like the challenge. But there's much smarter ways of me building this business moving forward. Um, and this is probably one of the key things for me is understand which parts of the business are generating profit. Understanding if it's making a loss, why it's making a loss. Are we happy for it to make a loss? Are we budgeting for it to make a loss? Uh, and then putting the right people in the place to be accountable for it because I'm not going to be doing these reports by uh, the start of our next financial year. Each product manager is going to come to me every month with their P&L because they're going to need to know everything about the business to make that successful. They're going to run that part of the business for me. Uh, and that allows me to step into the position that I'm trying to become as the CEO of the business, uh, not the the task monkey as I vented about on a previous show. Like that's mm-hmm. This is all just part of the, the big game of change that I'm trying to play ready for the next financial year. This year is all about our basics, setting them up right uh, so we can go. I'd be interested to see if things would have, if things would have been, if sorry, if we'd have taken this approach earlier mm-hmm. with our different departments that we've got, whether anything would have changed. Hundred percent. Because like some of the, for example, some of the campaigns that we've ran have taken everyone's time, 
trade shows installer example yeah. like huge, huge time sinks huge huge uh, team efforts from everyone pulling them off of their own things and stuff like that say no to other things because we're all busy working on the, mm-hmm. these other stuff would we have made those decisions if we'd have ran this P&L system definitely not because what 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 forces you so let's just take an example okay um, verify by expert trades it's 100% free for the trade okay there's no lead fees, there's no subscription fees. So you might think, well, how on earth do you run a PL for something that's completely free? Because if we'd paid attention to what we're doing, we have an amazing community of tradespeople that need public liability insurance, that need life cover, that need phone contracts. And because Danny is the product manager of that, he's now responsible for coming to me with member benefits every single month that we need to sell to our community. Because there is no harm in sending our community a special offer if we make money off it, if they win and we win off the back of it. So we can actually start to monetize that as a business. Verified doesn't need to cost the trade any money, but we can make some money off it to support the cost. So what it allows me to then do is say to Danny, cool, Danny, you want development time on Verified? Cool. You want Bailey's time? You want Mark's time? Um, I don't need it to run net positive. I don't need that right now, but I'm not prepared to spend more than X per month as a loss on it. So in order for us to get some revenue in, we need to start looking at member benefits. It just allows us to every campaign... Whatever we're doing to say, what's the what's what's the thing we're trying to achieve here? We've done too many things as a business because we've got because we've got me looking after revenues, mm-hmm. and no one else in the team is that to be accountable for the profitability of that product. It's very easy to go. Let's do this because it'll be good for the community. And I think where we're at right now is I'm all about keeping things extremely good for the community, but I'm also extremely keen to keep this business alive. Uh, so it's actually cool, what's the commercial decision we're making here? And that's the sort of the the growing up that we're going through as a business because there's a certain level of uh, revenue and profit that we can generate from like brand deals and stuff like that. But if we want to take this from a 12-person company to a 25-person company, uh, we need each department to be running a net positive. Uh, otherwise, as you add more costs in, it can quickly get out of hand. And if we're not mm. forward-thinking and planning that into the business we're just going to end up the wheels will start coming off is there um do you have targets for for the different uh, departments at the moment or is this no. because you've split it out we need to see uh, in three months where we're at and then you get a good baseline for no so the benefit of having management accounts over the previous four years is I'm basically setting up a formula now, which is here's what I want to see on a monthly basis. And then I can get Alison to reverse engineer like the last year for me. We've got all the data. We know all the revenue. We know where we make the money. We just haven't chunked it out and said, well, this is office revenue and this is office cost. So this is office P&L. Mm-hmm. But we've got all the data to do it. Yeah. We know people's salaries. We know roughly what people have been working on. It's not an exact science because one month someone spends 40% on verified as a developer and the next three months they're just working on the app. But I can sit with them all and go, last year, give me an idea of what you've been working on. So I can actually then backdate it and go, cool, here's what a rough P&L for each product would look like. I need to go into the next financial year with a, a budget for each one. And probably weirdly, one of the proudest things that I've done is every year we've done a budget I've sat within 5% of year end of hitting that budget, which is just fucking unheard of. Like, especially in the space that we're in where it's sort of like, sort of making it up as we go along in terms of where we attract our revenues and bits like that. 
every year we've put a budget we have landed within five percent of that budget wow. every year mm. L- last year uh, we were within two thousand pounds of our budget uh, which was just mental so what, uh, sorry what is that number that's that's projected revenue yeah yeah so there's revenue um so you just make that calculation based on where you think yeah so i kind of sit previous down, years business where if we look at it this way it will grow and we'll get it's honestly like the biggest finger, <laughs> finger in the air, air. job. It's the biggest <laughs> finger in the air job in the world. But I think one thing that we've discussed in the past is when you put something on paper, you've got something to drive towards. Yeah. And it's amazing what happens. Vision board, man. It's, it's honestly amazing <laughs> what happens when you just go, and that's why OKRs, the objectives and the key results on a quarterly basis, that's why they're so powerful because you sort of like verbalizing it, you put it on paper and you're saying, well, this is what we're driving towards. And you kind of just get there, you work it out. Um, so this year, uh, the way that we run this business is very simple. Is because we care about growth and scale right now. Uh, we're not taking dividends and all this crap out of the business. We pump every penny back into the business. Uh, so profitability, like EBITDA, which is like the measure of profitability of a company, we don't care about that right now. As long as we are net positive, we take all the profits and we just redeploy it back into team, back into salaries, back into bonuses, back into new hires, whatever it is. That's the cycle that we're going through right now because this isn't a oh, let's try and make 10, 15, 20% net profit a year and pay shareholders out. That's not the business we're in. We're about like growth. Uh, so as long as every month or every quarter, I can run it as a net positive, make 10, 20, 50, 80, 100K profit, I will then redeploy that the next quarter. And that's the cycle that we've been going through right now. But by running each product as its own p mm-hmm. I can say, cool, uh, the website team, I need to run at this profitability and then I can set Matt some goals and say, as soon as we achieve this level of profitability, you get one new hire. Mark, as soon as we achieve break even on the office package, you get one new body. Like I can then start saying, don't come to me and say you want more resource. We have to fucking prove mm-hmm. what we do today, prove it works before we start adding more costs and more, I don't want to say problems, but cost is probably just the right word. Add more costs into the business because if you add more costs, you do create problems if you haven't proven out the model. We're not at a position now where it's like, let's just work it out together, guys. Mm-hmm. We know what we're doing. We just have to prove stuff out before we start adding more resource in. And it allows those product managers to basically have a very clear roadmap of, cool, I know that I can't go to Adam and say I need two months worth of development time on this because I haven't proven out these milestones. And I understand as a product manager that development time isn't free. There's someone's salary associated to it. There is a cost associated to it. So it just starts to make people think about decisions within the business just a little bit more commercially, which I think is where we are right now. Cool. We will leave it there. Guys, if you've got a question, comment or concern, email it. <laughs> I feel like my cold's like in full swing while while we've been recording. Uh, yeah, email it to startupdiary at nbs.fm. Nice, guys. And if this is your first time here, don't forget to hit that subscribe button. Hit it. Uh, Manage to get the word subscribe out there. Um, and I guess a quick request from me is uh, we're on a push now. We're trying to get to 200 reviews in the Apple podcast. So if you listen to this on uh, any Apple device, uh, do me a favor. If you got this far on the show, I mean the world. We need about 30 reviews. I'm going to read some out moving forward. Uh, don't forget to shameless plug who you are and what you're working on. But we want to get to 200 reviews in the, uh, the specifically the Apple podcast store because that's where a lot of the feeds base their ratings and their algorithm on. So if you could do me a favor uh, before you do anything else, before you carry on walking the dog, press pause right now. Go and leave us that five-star review. We'd appreciate it. This is why we do the show. Uh, and if you haven't yet joined the community, uh, one, leave the review. Two, 
go over to Facebook uh, and search for Business Startup Club. We've got like 250 awesome fucking people in there that are helping each other out. Uh, two simple rules, add value, don't be a dickhead. If you think you can live by those two rules, would love to see you in there. Engage, chat with me and Harry and the rest of the group. Um, on that note, I guess we'll speak to you next time. Thank you.